So if you don't know uh, George and Rivka, uh, that's Rivka. <laughs> this is George. And they are from Israel. They live in Arad. And uh, that's, that's about it. And if you don't get worthy news, you should get it. Yeah. yeah. If you don't get a worthy briefs, go ahead and sign up. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. Um, I'm going to move a little fast. I, I'm not trying to move overly fast, but I do need to move a little fast. Where we live is a little town called Arad. We're, here's Masada. We're in a little town right about there. We're about 20 minutes from the Dead Sea. If you forget it, we're between a rod and a hard place. There you go. Okay, so the town that we live in is one of the most persecuted towns for believers in all of Israel. Uh, we are there about nine months out of the year. We do a three-month speaking tour to raise funds, obviously. And right now, um, the, the, the town is a very unique town because that's a town where the spies first spied out the land before the land was conquested. So it has a very deep historical meaning. Now, before I go ahead and jump into a prophetic word and, and kind of talk about what's happening in the news, I always kind of want to explain and lay the groundwork of where I'm coming from. When Yeshua came, he came what? He came to preach the kingdom of God for this purpose I've been sent. The whole message of the kingdom, right, begins with the word repent. I mean, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message of the kingdom was the message of the disciples, the message of Yeshua. It starts out in the beginning of Acts. Lord, we at this time restore the kingdom to Israel. It ends, the last verse of Acts was Paul proclaiming the kingdom of God. The entire message of the gospel was the message of the kingdom. And now, when we talk about the message of the kingdom, it always began with the word repent. What is repent? Well, repent in, in Greek is metanoia. It means a changed mind, a changed direction. It means that you're going one way, you realize it's not God's way, you start turning your direction, you start going God's way. Does that mean we're perfect? I wish we were, but we're not, right? But here's the thing. He said, repent therefore, right, that the times of what? So that your sins may be blotted, so that the times of the seasons of refreshing. That word refreshing is fresh breath. It literally means revival. See, you can't have revival without repentance. Everyone wants to have revival. We're praying for revival. Lord, 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 send revival. You, revival doesn't begin unless it begins with repentance. For those that were alive, I know there's quite a few people that weren't alive at 9-11. It's kind of shocking to me, but when 9-11 happened, it was a unique situation because for about three weeks, every church, every synagogue was packed to the brim. You couldn't find a place to sit, Right? It fizzled out. Why? Because it was a revival. What? Not based on repentance, based on fear. See, revival must begin with repentance. Then it says, He may send you Mashiach, who's been appointed for you, even Yeshua, right? Whom heaven must receive until the times of the restoration of all things. What is that? Restoration of all things. Whereof God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets that have been of old. Notice this, ready? To understand the restoration of all things. Where do you find it? In the Holy Prophets, you actually don't find the kingdom message in the Brit HaDashah. You don't find it in the New Testament. You actually have to go back. You have to go back to the Old Testament to find the answers. Now, this is a very unique passage here in Matthew 19. It says, So Yeshua said to him, I surely I say to you that in the regeneration, this word regeneration is so unique. It is only used three times in the entire New Testament. And the entire breed on the shot is the word palingenesia. Paling means return to genesia is Genesis. Return to Genesis. So when we talk about the restoration of all things, what are we talking about? Well, in Isaiah, it talks about the wolf shall lie down with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. It talks about a, a nursing child shall play with a, with a viper. There's some people that say that we're in the kingdom now. 
listen, I just asking them, would you play with a lion today? Right? If you can't play with a lion, you're not in the kingdom. Okay? If, you, if your son can't play with a snake, you're not in the kingdom yet. When we talk about the restoration of all things, we're talking about the restoration of the animal kingdom. I want you to think about that. We're going back to Adam. When Adam named the animals, we're in perfect relationship. I have a small dog. His name is Jack. He's an outdoor dog. He's allowed to jump on my bed anytime that, I want, that he wants. Now, my wife can't stand that his dirty paws get on our bed. He's always kicking them off the bed. I've explained to her in the kingdom she's going to have to kick the lions off my bed. Okay? We're talking about a different understanding of things in the future. Right? And Zephaniah, whoa, he's very happy. And Zephaniah, it says this, then I will turn to the peoples. Notice this, peoples, a pure language that they may call upon Jehovah. Jehovah with one consent, right? A pure language. We're talking about a time in the future when we go see the king of kings in Jerusalem, we will all speak the same language. We're going back before Babel. There's a common understanding. You know, I find it interesting, right? My, I've been married 16 and a half years. My wife will finally understand me. I find that fascinating in the kingdom. Now, in Revelation 5 9, it says, Worthy to take the scroll to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people from God from ready, every tribe and language and people and nation. When we talk about the restoration of all things, it's God's plan at work today, restoring people from everywhere. Right? When Yeshua said, You stay here in Jerusalem, and Judea and Samaria, and then what? To the uttermost parts of the world, because the, the kingdom message, the message of, of, the, of the disciples was to reach everywhere, right? That they, and, and you've made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. That was the message for Israel at the beginning, right? You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And now this has been opened up through the Jewish Messiah to everyone, everyone that believes you are a chosen race, or a royal priest, and a holy nation, and people for his own possession. That now we are part of this royal priesthood. You see, something changed. People always, I hear this all the time, that somehow or another, Gentiles have replaced the Jewish people. Listen, God is not in the replacing business. God's in the restoration business, right? What was happened was, it wasn't Gentiles replacing, it was Gentiles being restored. Look, remember you were once separated from Yeshua, separated from Mashiach, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. Strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But now, Messiah Yeshua, you were once for far off, but brought near. And what has He created? He's created one new man. There's not two houses. There's not two entities. It's one. He's created one new man in Messiah Yeshua, right? Yeah, that He might reconcile us. So you're no longer strangers and aliens, but now you're a fellow citizens, right? Okay, so now we got an understanding that what God's at work is restoring everything back. So God must have a plan for the Jewish people, right? If he's restoring people from every tribe, nation, tongue, how is it that people think that he doesn't have a plan for Israel? Of course he does. The entire Old Testament, the entire Tanakh talks about it. I'm going to just jump to Ezekiel. It says, so I prophesied as I commanded, right? Here's Ezekiel, the, the, the nation of Israel scattered for 2,500 years. Some people say that the, the, the restoration of the Jewish people back to the land of Israel is the restoration of all things. No, it is not. We are only halfway through, and I looked, and behold, the sinews came upon them, the flesh came upon them, the skin had come them. What, what notice this? There was no breath. No ruach. Right now, there's only about 20,000 or so Jewish believers in Israel out of 6.5 million Jews. Right? 
But that's not where the prophecy ends because the prophecy ends in 14. I'll put my spirit within you and you shall live. Then you should know I am the Lord, I am spoken and I will do it. You see, there is some, a, a time coming that the Jewish people recognize their Jewish Messiah. That's what it says in Zechariah 12.10. When Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and life, no man comes to the Father but by me, there wasn't a Gentile present. To think that there's another way into the kingdom for the Jewish people, some teach is false. We all have the same way in. So now that I have this understanding from you all, God is at work, everything that's happened prophetically is at work restoring people, restoring everything back to how he said, and it was good. See, prophecy is not meant to, to make people crazy or to freak people out. Look, it says, one of the prophecy speaks to people, right, for the building, encouragement, and comfort. You're actually supposed to be at calm, at peace, understanding what God is doing right now in the world, right? We always hear this word, this, this passage, you shall hear wars and rumors of wars. Why do they stop there? The next six words are a command. See that you are not troubled. He actually tells you to stop worrying about wars and rumors of wars. It's amazing how all the time we always, there's a war coming. Stop. Okay? Now, obviously, I live in Israel. I'm surrounded by 500 million Muslims that love us. <laughs> We're surrounded. The threat of war is always around us. It's been a very unique prophetic year this year. Last year, Donald Trump did something very strange. The, war, the world said, we're going to go to war. Donald Trump said, Jerusalem is the capital of Israel. No, don't do that. We're going to go to war. We didn't go to war, right? May comes around and says, we're moving the embassy from Jerusalem I mean, from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Don't do that. We're going to go to war. Nothing happened. Then he did something really interesting, because then he said, we're pulling out of this nuclear agreement. We're pulling out of the agreement. And people said, you're going to go to war. Now, the irony is that he says, when he says this nuclear agreement, he says, look, we're pulling out of the agreement because the Iranians are the state of Iran, is a state sponsor of terrorism. What I love is how the Iranians respond to this. Because they go ahead, whoops, they go ahead and they burn U.S. and, and Israeli flags, death to America and death to Israel. We're not terrorists, though. And then they really want us to really understand this because then the following day they actually shot rockets into Israel. We're not terrorists, though. Israel responds and actually begins, whoops, oh, I don't have that slide. Israel responds with the largest attack since the Yom Kippur War. In four hours, they destroyed over 50-plus-odd sites. We were at a time of relative peace. And now things are getting a little tense again, right? Because, you know, right now Donald Trump said, hey, we're moving the troops out of Syria. Oh, my goodness, we're going to go to war. Right? And then, you know, there's a big thing about um, General Maddox going ahead and resigning over this issue. And then, Don, and then Benjamin Nathan says, we're going to have to bring, you know, troops coming in kind of to fight our proxy battle. So things are getting a little tense. See that you are 
not troubled. What is God at work? Ready? There's something happening in Iran. Most people don't realize what's happening. Because of the sanctions taking place, they were no longer chanting death to America and death to Israel. Over the summer, they were chanting death to Palestine for the first time ever. Something else took place. In, in, in August, they were chanting, ready? Death to the dictator. It was shocking that the media didn't cover this. Because what happened was Giuliani said, look, this is, this is creating the, 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 the perfect conditions for a revolution in Iran. Now, to get an understanding of what's happening in Iran, you've got to understand what took place in 1979. 1979, I was eight years old. I am purposely dating myself. I am only 47. My wife says I have to date myself because if I don't date myself, people will think I'm robbing the cradle. I will say this, my hair did not turn white until I got married. Just saying. <laughs> the Iranians, right? They had a revolution that took place. Oops. When the revolution took place, it began the largest, ready, emigration of Iranians out of Iran. Immigration is when people come in. Emigration is when people flee. Iranians fled all over the place. Amazingly, the Bible kind of talks about this. There's a, 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 a in, in the Bible, we, we don't read Iran, right? We don't read Iraq. We read Shinar, Babylon, right? Well, in this particular place, here's the Elamite kingdom. The Elamite kingdom is in orange. It's actually completely inside of the Iranian, uh, the state of Iran, okay? Now, in Jeremiah 49, it says this, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will break the bow of Elam, the mainstay of the night, and I will bring upon Elam the four winds from the four quarters of heaven, and I will what? Scatter them to all those winds, and those shall be no nation where the rose driven out of Elam shall not come. You may say to yourself, well, this is a prophecy in Jeremiah. It must have been fulfilled already. Well, actually, if you continue to read the last verse here in verse 39, it says, in the latter days. This word latter days is what? In the end of the end of days. Right? So God talked about a massive dispersion. Notice what he says here. I will terrify Elam before their enemies and before those who seek their life. I will bring disaster upon them. My fierce anger declares the Lord. I will send the sword after them until I consume them. My goodness, that sounds like a war. Absolutely. What's the purpose of the war, though? You see, if you always look at war, you don't understand the purpose of the war, because the, the purpose of the war, right? And I will what? Set up my throne in Elam. I will destroy the kings and their officials, declares the Lord. But in the latter days, what do we do? I will restore the fortunes of Elam. We're looking at a situation now that God is at work restoring Iran. If you miss this, you will forget that God loves the Iranian people. Listen to me. There's something happening in Iran. Since 1994, there was 100,000 believers. There's now over 3 million believers in Iran. There's a massive revival breaking out of Iran. There's a, what's, what's the stage for? A revolution. Why is this important to Israel? Because my Bible tells me that all, ready, the fullness of the Gentiles must come in. It means the fullness of the nations must come in before Israel comes in. That's why this is so prophetically significant. Now, what I fear is taking place, let me see what time it is, okay. What I fear is taking place is what happened with Jonah. Now, 
you have to understand the prophet Jonah and the time frame that he's in. He's living at a time of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrians were the most brutal of empires. Nahum talks about how brutal they were. In the time that, that Assyria, that he was there, they would literally take their enemies and put them on posts and leave them hanging in the cities. It's kind of the precursor of a crucifixion. They would terrorize their people. They would literally terrorize people. They were the first terrorists. Now, the other thing the Assyrians did was they broke national unity. They broke national allegiances because what they literally did was they would literally take towns, entire towns, pick up towns, and move them. The Bible talks about this in, in 2 Kings. And it carried away all these towns in the Galilee and moved them. That's how the Jewish people ended up in Iran, in Iraq, in Syria. It's because of the Syrians. And what the Assyrians did was then move people from Assyria into Israel. It was so full of pagans, right? That's why they, when, when the Messiah came out of the Galilee, they said, what good thing could come out of this pagan place? Okay? So now the prophet Jonah has been given this word. You need to go to the Assyrians. You need to go to Nineveh and preach. God, don't you know that these people, they terrorize us? They moved our people out of the promised land. They brought pagans into the promised land. These are wicked people, God. God says, go uh, east. Jonah goes to Joppa and goes west. He doesn't just go west. He goes to Tarsus, all the way to Spain, as far west as you can go. God's saying, go east. He's going west. Now, I love, you know, we read in Jonah the great, the great um, correction. I mean, if you get swallowed up by a great fish for three days and then are spewed out, you're corrected. He goes ahead and runs from this correction. He decides to go to Nineveh. He goes to Nineveh, and what happens? They repent. They completely repent. At which point in Jonah 4, Jonah's sitting on the hill saying, God, wipe them out. Jonah just preached the greatest revival message ever, and he said, wipe them out. And God says, look, at the end, he says, look, should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 100,000, 120,000 people? See, what can happen very easily is we can have this mindset they say death to America and death to Israel. God, wipe them out. Not understanding the heart of God is actually to restore them in. See, if you got the wrong mindset, you're going to have the wrong attitude for these last days because God is at work restoring everything back to when it was good. Okay? One second. Okay. You shall hear words and rumors of wars. Ready? Here we are. We're at the climax. The thing that God is trying to restore that was ultimately lost was relationship. Listen to me. At the garden, Adam walked with God in the garden intimately. There was relationship. What God has been doing since then is trying to deal with the issue of sin. See, what separates us from a holy God is this thing called sin. It's missing the mark. Every time we miss the mark, praise God, we have an advocate with the Father. 
that says, hey, he that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's not in what we do, it's in what he already did. And if you don't grab hold of this concept, you'll not have the relationship. God is not interested in our religion. Cain was religious. He brought an offering to God, and God says, no, thank you. Right? He's interested in relationship. And that relationship can't happen without the blood sacrifice. That's why Yeshua came. And what took place at the cross was a great earthquake that tore the veil this area, the, whole, the high priest, once a year, one man, once a year could go into for the entire nation was now completely ripped in half. What I'm offering tonight is not a religion. What I'm offering tonight is what God is restoring, is a relationship. He is trying to restore us back completely, intimately. And it must begin with this word repentance. And this word repentance, people think it's a one-time deal. I'm sorry, I'm done. If you're like me, I'll go driving and I'll be praying and the Lord will start showing me stuff. What I found is a very strange paradox that takes place. The more the outside world looks at me and says, he's really, he's really a good guy, he's really holy. What I find myself feeling is that I'm getting closer and closer to a holy God and I feel more wretched than I've ever felt. And when you're in that place, guess where you're at? A place of repentance all the time. See, if you're in that place, in that place where you're always coming to the Lord, asking, Lord, you need to cleanse me fresh, and you need to cleanse me fresh, then you're walking in the spirit of revival. See, I don't know why we don't talk about it anymore. Repentance is absolutely necessary for a healthy relationship with a vibrant God that loves us so much that he poured his, that sent his son to pour his blood for us that we could walk in this relationship. Abba, Father, I ask you, Lord, that you would seal his word. I ask you, Father, that you would restore relationship. Oh, Father, I just ask you, Lord, that you would just have your spirit to speak to every person here individually. I do not know where you're at. I don't know if you're in your backside and say, it's time to get straight. It's time to get right. I don't know if you don't know the Lord. It's time to come. Today's your day of salvation. Father, I ask you, Lord, that you would reveal, Father, so we could get even, even more intimate and more personal that we could just love even more as you've loved us with this love that we can't even begin to fathom or think. And so, Father, I ask you, Lord, that you would seal this word in the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and amen.